We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, we are here to talk about Notre Dame's absolute destruction of Clemson. I will not be on the show tonight after this, but there was no way that I was going to be able to miss this, at least the beginning of this, fellas. Um, Tremendous, tremendous victory for Notre Dame. Dominant, dominant performance. And I got to tell you, it was even more impressive from the press box, guys. Uh, Have a great show. Everybody. Enjoy tonight. Go Irish. We'll talk to you guys soon. Well, that's a good way to get us kicked off, fellas. I, I would say so here at Irish Breakdown, of course, on the Irish Breakdown post game show, Irish Breakdown podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Make sure you jo- join us at boards.irishbreakdown.com because, Sean, we know that it is a big recruiting weekend on top of this fantastic 35 to 14 victory in favor of Notre Dame over Clemson, but uh, over 60-plus recruits are on campus tonight. So, uh, you know, we'll have the uh, the full intel as far as how the weekend has gone from a recruiting side, but we'll save that to the end of the show because I'm already getting flooded by a few recruits. So, Sean, I know you're probably talking to a bunch right now that are kind of in euphoria right now. Of course, Jesse yeah. Styers is with us as well, who does the, uh, the IB Nation Sports Talk show with his dad uh, a few times a week. And, uh, Jesse, I guess let's kick it off with you, man. It's your first time on the post-game show, huh? <laughs> The excitement. This is what we have been waiting for, obviously, right? This is why people were so excited about the changing of the guard, about the Marcus Freeman era. Got started off to a rocky rocky start this season, obviously, a very up-and-down season so far. But be able to dominate the number four team in the country at home, on your turf, in front of all your fans, a team that has had your – you know, it's, it's kind of run you guys into the uh, – kind of run the matchup between Notre Dame and Clemson throughout the years, aside from their victory in 2020 with uh, with a Trevor, Liss, a Trevor Lawrence-less uh, Clemson team. So your initial thoughts, man, it was a pretty, uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy affair tonight for Notre Dame. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I think the most impressive thing that happened this evening was Notre Dame dominating in every aspect that they wanted to dominate in. We knew that they were a good running team, but Clemson had a very good interior defensive line. Uh, but they still exerted their will and went over 200 yards uh, on the ground against a very NFL kind of talent type defensive line. And I think that says a lot about Notre Dame's offensive line and how impressive that they were, that they just exerted their dominance. They they took away Clemson's run game. They forced DJ uh, into long throws. They took away DJ screenplays on the perimeter. They blew up everything defensively. And then, of course, they blocked another punt and created uh, points in the, in the special teams area as well. So, And then, obviously, again, the, the defense creating turnovers, creating a turnover in the red zone. Uh, Morrison playing out of his mind the best game that he's he's played, and he's only a freshman, two interceptions, continuously you know, blowing up these plays on the perimeter in the screenplays. So it was just amazing to see Notre Dame dominated in everything that they wanted to. Uh, this game plan felt very similar to what they wanted to do against Ohio State, yet they executed. They ran the ball how they wanted to. Pine didn't really have to do a whole bunch, but he did do a he, you know, where he had to. He he pulled that ball in the RPO, made some plays with his legs, and continued some drives. So really, really impressive night um, as a Notre Dame fan right now. I think you said it perfectly, Jesse. Notre Dame kind of exerted their will on Clemson tonight, right? Like anything they wanted to do, they did. So obviously, we're be breaking it down from an offensive perspective, defensive perspective. Sean, we got to talk about special teams tonight too, obviously with how they uh, they kicked off the action tonight right after you were just kind of like, oh, a little bit of a slow start the first drive, but then you get obviously the big punt block return for a touchdown for Prince Colley, which was a big moment in the game. But Sean, before we dig too far into the offense defense, kind of like what I was just asking Jesse, just kind of your initial thoughts, man. Big victory for Notre Dame tonight. 
You know, tonight is the culmination and, you know, let me say it like this, Ryan. We, we come here daily and we talk Notre Dame football. And sometimes it's tough for us because we have to critique young men. Like we don't like doing it, but that's the job we're given. And we're fair. I think we're fair. But I'm extremely ecstatic for guys like J.D. Bertrand, Drew Pine, Jared Patterson, who took a hard hit from the fan base after that Marshall game and the way he acted after the game. All of the other Cam Hart, who, in my opinion, set the tone with his play in that first series, played his best game of the season. There's so many guys that have just, you know, been – criticized by the fan base and we've had to critique their games and them not playing up to expectations from the preseason and Isaiah Foskey coming on, Riley Mills coming on, Justin Adam Miola having a great game and just on and on and on. I look, I'm extremely happy for these kids tonight, man. Yep. That's what it's all about. Like we come here and we talk and we give out we give credit to where credit is due, and then when there's blame to go around, we mention that. But these kids, man, they showed me something tonight. I Vince, I never thought we would see this. Not this season. Oh. After that Stanford game, there's no way you couldn't have paid me to believe <laughs> they had a performance like this. Listen, we – we, we had the tailgate, you know, before the game, and, you know, I'm talking to a bunch of people, and, you know, I was getting a little bit of crap from people for picking Notre Dame to lose, rightfully so. I get it, yeah. but, you know, I had to call it how I had it. Hey, it is what it is, man. I had a close loss, but whatever. And if, uh, you know, Father David Penny is in the thing, I told him I was going to ask for absolution when I came on the postgame show, <laughs> so I'm asking for the absolution now. My bad. I've never been more happy to be wrong in my entire life. Okay, and I've been married for almost 20 years. I'm wrong a lot, and I'm real happy to be wrong right now, okay? But I said, look, I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson blows out Notre Dame. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame blows out Clemson. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a close. Like, I had no idea going into this game what we were going to see. But in all of my wildest dreams, I would have not guessed that Notre Dame was going to absolutely just physically dominate Clemson from the first whistle to the last one. Not only did they dominate them physically in the run game and they did everything that we wanted them to do, right? But they continued to do it until there were zeros on the clock. When was the last time Notre Dame did that? I mean, then play action, throwing into Mayer for the nail in the coffin? Like, uh, who's calling the plays? Like, that, that doesn't happen at Notre Dame. Vince, I, I think the most impressive part of the night, and I put it on Twitter earlier, man, is that one, I mean, look, we knew that DJ Uyunglele had been struggling coming into this game with what he did what he did two weeks ago, right? We know that the secondary for Clemson has not been has been a little bit lackluster throughout most of the season. But one part that you thought Clemson would have coming into this football game is they got some dudes on that defensive line, man. They got some dudes in that front seven. Absolutely. And Notre, Notre Dame went right out of strength and they eliminated them. Eliminated them yep. outside of that. Outside of that coverage sack of Miles Murphy early, Miles Murphy was invisible this game, man. Like they yeah, just yeah. thoroughly impressed. But I want to start a different spot because we're going to go offense, All we're right. going to go defense. A lot to dive into. Vince, I think it's only fair, man. I mean, we've t- we've kind of been singing Brian Mason's praises throughout 
the last <laughs> few weeks, right? Yeah. But now the unit has six blocked punts. Jordan Batello blocks a punt, takes it back to the house. Prince Kali, huge moment in this football game. So I would be remiss if I didn't shout it out because the special teams got us kicked off tonight, got the party started. Six block field goal. Of the, I mean, six block punk, excuse me, of the season. Brian Mason, uh, Sean Davis, co- coach of the year. What's up? What's happening here, man? Are you, are you kidding me? Can we, <laughs> man, can we up his salary tonight? Him and him. Just Look, back up the Royals it, award. Yeah, send it to South Bend. Look, man, they, don't tell me coaching doesn't matter. Don't, don't tell me that. Same um, guys. Harry has changed. And we forget season to season. Let's go from week three to now. The difference in the offensive line and how dominant and they're building. And remember, we said this. This was going to be the litmus test because we believed when Marcus Freeman said they had gained the confidence to really know who they were as a team. And when he came out Monday, when your coach comes out on a Monday and says, my guys are ready. What? Your guys are ready for the game right now? <laughs> yeah, my guys are ready. They're ready today. And they showed it tonight. And, I, man, look, do you think Lincoln Riley's going to have fun watching this film? <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. going to have fun watching this film? Because what, <laughs> what do you do? Like, when a team can literally line up and tell you we're running the ball and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't care how many people you put in the box. Yes, our quarterback struggles in the passing game a little bit, but we're still going to find a way to wear you down. And they just did it to one of the – like Jesse said, NFL talent sprinkled throughout that defense, especially Absolutely. that fourth seven. Brian Brzee, silent. Miles yeah. Murphy, silent. And I know they were without they were without Xavier Thomas tonight. He probably would have gotten yes. the same treatment. Look, wouldn't have mattered. He's a, he's matter. a he's a backup for them, Sean. I mean, Dude, yeah. I knew I was watching something that I had never seen before, or had not seen in a long time at Notre Dame. When they went to dabble on the sideline after they had scored and Notre Dame went right back down and rammed the ball down their throat again and scored, at the beginning of the drive, Dabble looked at his assistants and said, man, we got to do something different. And I'm like, Dabble, there's nothing you can do because (laughs) this is not schematic. No. This is man-on-man. We're pushing you and moving you against your will. And there's nothing you can do to change it. It was yeah. soul stealing. It was. It was. Like, it was like uh, what was Rasheen Green was the defensive lineman for USC a few years ago, right? Where Quentin Nelson just snatched his soul out of him in, in that last uh, last uh, second half yeah. drive, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Je- Jesse, I, I feel like we would be remiss because we're going to talk about the offensive side of the football, the good, the troubling, the thing, stuff that needs to improve. But, I mean, these guys have already kind of started the conversation, right? we got to start with this offensive line. I mean, for me personally, Joe Alt, I mean, he just kind of continue, uh, continues to just be that guy, right? But the whole offensive line across the board was fantastic tonight. And I'll tell you what, guys, and Jesse, I'll kick it over to you just talk about this offensive line. I think, and this is without watching the film for the upon further review that will be tomorrow night, right? But I believe Blake Fisher became a man tonight. I think that he baptized oh. some people tonight. But uh, Jesse, kind of thoughts, <laughs> your thoughts on the offensive line? Yeah, I, you know, being able to listen to the game on TV, you get a little bit of different kind of perspective and, and how you're seeing things. And, you know, Jason Garrett kind of talked all night that they were doing this duo block scheme, essentially where they're, you know, att- letting their tackles 
go double team on these defensive linemen and let the running back choose to hit the hole or bounce it to the outside. And that's what makes it a duo read. Essentially, you can do one or the other, but each time your linemen are coming off, firing off, getting these double teams off immediately. And that's just what we saw all night. It was just the same kind of run plays out of different formations. It was just different kind of, you know, putting makeup on the same thing, but they, they just executed their dominance of running the same type of, you know, power run all evening. And I think it was most evident in that drive right before half where they ran like 10 straight plays in a row continuously, just lining up, gashing them for five or six plays in a row. The whole offensive line is working in unison, you know, firing off, getting on these blocks. And it was just evident that was such a huge drive going into halftime of taking a two score lead and just executing on the run like that continuously, like punch after punch after punch. And Clemson couldn't do anything about it. And I've it, it was just the greatest feeling all night watching them punch them in the mouth like this in the run game. And Clemson just couldn't get off the floor. They just kept taking it blow after blow. And it was I've never seen this sort of physical dominance before. And this is the number four team in the country we're talking about. This isn't just, you know, your standard run in the mill. This is a Dabo Sweeney team that Notre Dame just handled this evening. And it was because of the offensive line. Without this offensive line, they don't win the game. Yeah, well, Vince, it's interesting because we've kind of been pushing back on like, hey, your running game needs to be a little more diverse, right? Like we're just seeing duo, 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 duo. Well, tonight that didn't matter. <laughs> that did not matter, man. They physically imposed their will on that Clemson front front side right. this, this game. And and you can do, you know, they 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 ran some some inside and some outside zone. I mean, they did some other things, which was great to see. And I loved you know, getting Tyree in space. I thought that was, you know, fantastic. Yes, they ran him between the tackles, but that was to give the other two guys who each had over 100 yards on the ground, you know, a little bit of a breather, which I have no problem with. And we talked about it in the pregame show that, look, you you can run Tyree between the tackles. You just got to soften him up a little bit first, right? And, you know, Notre Dame tenderized that front seven of Clemson all night long. They softened him up. They did exactly what they needed to do. So I had no problem with that. But, yeah, I mean, they – it was soul stealing. It was amazing. It was anything. If you just like ground and pound football, if you like when a team just absolutely physically dominates another team, then this is the game for you. If you're a Notre Dame fan, like it just Brian and Sean and I, Sean Styers, we were, we were in the booth, obviously and we were in the press box and we we're just laughing and joking. Like the whole, like it never felt like this game was in doubt. You know what I mean? Like Notre Dame controlled this game from start to absolute finish. And it was just so much fun to watch. I mean, we're cracking jokes and we're having a great time. And you would have thought that we were playing like Navy or something. I I just never felt like Notre Dame was in any kind of danger. It was great. You know, what's crazy to me is Clemson came off the bye week too. They had an extra week, an extra week to get prepared and healthy. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you get an extra week in these big games and you're allowed to get healthy – and you still come out and look like this, what were you preparing for in these two weeks? Like you knew Notre Dame was going to run the ball, and that's the whole way that their offense uh, like goes. Like if they can't run the ball, they can't really do anything, and they couldn't shut that down worth a crap, and they had two weeks to prepare for it. That's what's like kind of crazy, and the, like the tradition goes on. Notre Dame dominates teams after, uh, you know, teams coming off the bye week. They Everyone always seems to t- put their bye in front of Notre Dame, um, and again, they come out and, and just dominate. I just <laughs> – that that's what makes Love it that. even crazier is that Clemson had two weeks repair and that's how they they came out this week. Well, that, that's why I'm still like kind of just collecting my thoughts on it, man. Because like I watch the <laughs> game, and I'm just like, 
Notre Dame literally could have done anything they wanted to in that football game from a run game perspective. Like the, the push and the consistency. And I mean, we're getting to the running backs, right? But Logan Diggs ran like a man tonight. Audrick Estime mm-hmm. ran like a man tonight. Like those Logan dudes. Diggs ran like Audrick Estime. I mean, he ran with a purpose. He ran downhill. He ran hard. Like it at times, because we're up on the ninth floor, right at the press box. Like there were times when three was running the ball and you're like, is that seven? Like, I wasn't really sure. If that was the same, like, because he was running like low shoulder pads. I mean, winning the leverage game, just knocking dudes back. Look, nobody runs harder than Audric, obviously, because he's got the beef to do that. I mean, he, there was one point, there was one play where he actually ran over a defensive end, like, ran him over. You know, <laughs> running backs aren't supposed to be able to do that, man. Like, that was, that was, that was running. I used to tell my, my running backs in high school all the time run pissed off, run like you're pissed mm-hmm. off at the world. That's what Notre Dame did today, and it was beautiful. Yeah, l- listening to Logan Diggs after the game when they asked him, you know, when did you know that you were going to have success on the ground? And he said, my third carry. Because <laughs> I could just see how we were moving them. And I said to myself, yeah, we're going <laughs> to run the ball tonight. And I was like, yo, that early? But I think it was like his first carry, he ended up with a three-yard carry. And I was like, okay. I could see, even though Clemson, you know, had the weeks off, had the extra week, like Jesse said. Ryan, we talked about it during the week, and you guys, you know, broke it down when you Mm -hmm. did the matchups. People, the running backs, the last two games against the Clemson defense, averaged four and a half yards per carry. Yeah. The running back. And, and, and that's in college football where yeah. sacks count for lost yardage, right? Absolutely. Just for your point. Yeah. So, yep. you know, people came into this game thinking this was like the 2018, 19 Clemson, you know, they're really good, but they're not the Lawrence and those big guys, Grady Jared. No, it's a totally difference. Total difference. They're more getting to the backfield, quickness. They really don't want to line up and just bang with you. And I think Notre Dame saw that. They saw the success the Florida State had in the running game. They saw the, saw the early success that Sean Tucker had. Yes. Right? And he just didn't give him the ball. He had 50 yards of five carries, and Syracuse never went back to him with a double-digit lead. And you can just tell Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame just made it up in their minds. Oh, we're, we're, we're not giving up on a run. We're going to keep doing it. And I think – Maybe it was like the second quarter where I started to see physically Clemson just kind of like start to break physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, just- I'll, I would describe this. You can over, people might overlook this, but that first drive of the third quarter where they ended up, I think, having a punt from like midfield was huge because they were backed up. Yeah. Right. And Clemson could have gotten momentum. Notre Dame was going into the wind. If Clemson mm-hmm. keeps them pinned and then gets a short field, who knows what happens. But they're able to run the ball out, run clock, change field position, and put Clemson right. back inside the 10. And now you're cooking with grease. Right. And they keep the same thing going. So I thought that was a – even though it didn't end up in points, that was a very important drive to start the third quarter that once again established their physical dominance, even though it didn't lead to points. You know what else was refreshing too, Vince? And we saw this a lot tonight. We saw some 21 personnel 
We saw yes. we yes, saw we did. Chris Tyree not enough of it though. Space? Not enough of not it. Not enough 21. <laughs> we did see it though. It's in the playbook, Vince. It's in the yes. playbook, right? It's still we in joking. there. <laughs> we so were I joking about this playbook. Yeah. No, no, no. We were joking about that in the press box because they had a lot of success with 21 personnel. Obviously, that's when they got it out to Tyree and they did some other things. It was like, oh, they must have been too successful with it. They're not going to come back to that tonight, you know. But they, I mean, they didn't need to, obviously. But every time they run 21, and I guarantee you, Sean Styers is going to talk about this on Monday or Tuesday when he's back on the show. And he's going to talk about 21 personnel and how, because he was keeping track of all the personnel packages and everything. 21 is successful every time they do it, you know, and they just don't come back to it. It's almost like just a, uh, a finesse or something situation that they go to. But I'll tell you one other thing that because people are talking about the electricity in the stadium. Mm-hmm. It's the loudest of the stadium I've ever heard in person. There's no question wow. about that. And Brian and I on purpose went out and listened to the intros. Now we both almost got blown off of the ninth floor because the wind was so high, but it was incredibly loud. It was incredibly boisterous. I had some, one of my friends was in the stands and he's like, people haven't sat down the entire game. I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm in Notre Dame stadium. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, the crowd was actually fantastic. And right around the start of the fourth quarter, I looked to my left at the Clemson section, three quarters of them were gone. I mean, gone. It was almost empty. Never seen that before at Notre Dame stadium in a big game ever so Vince, like they all missed Clemson's last touchdown it was like just the stadium went silent when they scored yeah. so, so it was 35 it was 35 7 in their books then we'll, we'll leave it there pretty much but, uh, yes absolutely Vince a, a cool little tidbit right I'm not going to disclose the uh the recruits yet because there'll be some articles and some intel on the nice com. but you know asking about the atmosphere Sean we got from one it was indescribable truly was hmm electric had from another recruits i'm in awe what an incredible performance had from another recruits who's a important one for notre dame we'll just leave (laughs) it at that said insane atmosphere the craziest game i have ever been to so there is a lot of happy people behind the scenes folks not only from the coaching perspective and we didn't even talk about the coaches we'll probably have to talk about the coaches and go back around (laughs) here in a little bit here right but there's just so much excitement, obviously, in the air. Coaches, players players on the team, people rushing the field, which is bananas. You talk about the recruits. I mean, this is the, this is one of those games, man, that we've talked about. You know, for Notre Dame to get to where they want to go, they have to beat these types of teams, right? The teams that have been on the mountaintop for the last decade. Like, this is the type of game, right? Try not to backtrack to it all-encompassing, a little bit more of a macro view because we want to get micro here, right, with the things that we really liked. But I will say this. I thought that the blocking, because we just talked about the offensive line being the backbone of this game, the running game, obviously, crazy thing, and I just keep thinking about this, Vince, is that all the running backs that we saw tonight can all be back in 2023, which is absolutely absurd. But we'll talk about that, obviously, in the future. But, Sean, blocking (laughs) – Across the board, man. Like this is this wasn't just an offensive line effort, right? I saw Jane Thomas blocking his butt off. I saw the wide receivers in general blocking their butts off. I thought Michael Mayer for the second straight game yes. blocked incredibly well, right? So you have the tight ends blocking, wide receivers. I think the biggest thing, and this is where I want to open this conversation to, but before you do, you know, we had over two thousand people in here. We start hitting that like button, by the way, folks. But we uh-huh. had 
it's easy when things aren't going early for people to just kind of sit back and say, woe is me or not, not show belief. But guys, <laughs> Marcus Freeman and his staff got this team to buy in tonight. Boy, did they. Taking on this type of team in a home stadium where you haven't been playing your best football this year and you punch this type of team in the mouth. I mean, all encompassing for a second, Sean. That's impressive of this coaching staff to get this team prepared and to this level. And we thought they would. <clears throat> we had our doubts, you know, based upon certain things. But incrementally, week to week, we saw changes being made. And whether it was Marcus Freeman saying something or where, whether it was the coordinator saying something. And then something happened in that Syracuse game. Marcus Freeman seemed to take full accountability and responsibility for things and take much more control on the sidelines. And he was even more demonstrative tonight, especially when it came to the hit on Drew Pine in the first half. He, I'm shocked he didn't get a flag thrown on the way he was going at the refs. So. Well, he did kind of, they, they, they threw the, uh, the sideline warning that was direct. That was directly at Marcus Freeman, but rightfully so. Rightfully so though, right? Because that was the targeting that should that was reviewed and never called targeting. Like, well, it, should, it, sh- it should have at very it least it should have been a, a rough yeah. passer. Like, yes. at the very least, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, let's be honest both both the targeting reviewed. Sorry to cut you off, Sean. I apologize. Yeah, both of the targeting reviews should have been targeting on yeah. both both sides. The, the, the you know Henderson should have been gone and Trotter should have been gone. In my opinion, both of those were terrible non calls. But, man, look, it just goes to show the direction of the program, which is why we were all hopeful during the week of how this game would go. Not so much because of Clemson. We've been saying it for weeks. Every game from this point on is about Notre Dame and how they play. If they play up to their level, they will be successful. And you see tonight, you know, they don't need Drew Pine to be extra special. They didn't they tonight. Don't. That's why what Marcus Freeman said this week was uh, people overlooked it. But when he said it, I said, this team is there. He said, we're not, we're the team we need to be today, but we're not the team that we're going to be. He understands where the program needs to be from a talent standpoint to be a national championship contender. But he has gotten this team to a point to be able to beat good teams the way they need to beat them now. Yep. He's not sitting there complaining about his quarterback room. He leaves that up to us. Right. He's not complaining about it. He's, he said, I have to figure out a way to win with these guys, and we can do it. And everybody is bought in. I would, look, he, he didn't have the best performance tonight, but you're darn right I was happy for Drew Pine. And that's yep. a huge win. That's a huge win for the kid. Huge win on his resume. He deserves it. You know, happy he got the, the uh, touchdown at the end of the game to Michael Mayer. Like I said at the start, it, tonight it's all about the kids. It, 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 it's all about the kids, the coaches, the program. You can see the evidence of the work that they've put in. You can see um, the confidence. You can see their resiliency. You can see everything, man. You got performances from leaders seniors 
freshmen becoming stars right before our eyes. Like everything that you could want to see on one of the biggest recruiting nights. What do we say all week, Ryan? We can talk about text messages, calls. There's nothing better than the product on the field and recruit. Mm-hmm. You want to make an impact in recruiting? Put the product on the field. Okay. That's for itself. That was the greatest thing that could happen. And it's bigger. We'll talk about this and go in depth and the intel piece, and we'll probably talk about it Monday, Ryan. It goes mm-hmm. beyond the players that were there. Yeah, There were guys at home watching that might have been saying, oh, and it's like, you know what? Man. It's, it's, it's It was big. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. Sean, I think I said it in – the recruiting breakdown I did for the uh, for the Monday uh, for the Saturday morning show, the the countdown to kickoff show, mm-hmm. I said that you want to actualize it, right? Like you see the vision, you hear the vision, but until you can really be there and feel it and know it's real, right? Like that's actualizing something, and I feel like that's what you did from the recruiting side tonight, right? Like those all the. Christopher Joneses of the world and all these great players that we have been kind of highlighting all week, Carson Hobbs, all these guys. We talked a lot about Caleb Smith. We talked about these guys being in the the stadium for this type of game, for this type of atmosphere. And I put an article out this morning about what it would mean for recruiting to have a victory like this oh, against yeah. this type of football team, right? It is just so imminently important. And beyond just the recruiting for a second, because we are the recruiting guys up here on the top, right? But, I mean, Vince, like, this is what this team needs, right? This is what the success that these young players need. We're talking about, we talk about Joe Alt all the time. We talk about Blake Fisher and the young guys that are making plays on the offensive and defensive side of the football. This is what they need to feel. They felt it tonight, right? This is the vision. This is what Marcus Freeman's selling to us. Didn't get started off great, but now we're moving in the right direction, Absolutely. right? That, that for me, is, is the big point of emphasis in this one. And I don't want to be too negative here, obviously, on the show during this great victory, right? <laughs> so let's just leave it like this, and we, we can talk about it if you guys want to talk about it. But offensive line dominated the football game. Running backs continue to show that they are the X factors of this offense. Shout out to Michael Mayer, who, although only had five targets of the night, caught a touchdown and really did the dirty work in this type of football sure. game. There are still things that need to get better. There's no doubt, right? The passing yeah. game is still not where you need it to be on a week-to-week basis to beat, to beat any team any given Saturday. It's not. It's not. Needed to be better. I mean, your leading receiver, wide receiver in this football game, I believe was Jane Thomas with three catches for 15 yards. Like, that's an issue, right? That's an issue. Quarterback is still an issue. There's no doubt. But today, it was good enough to beat the number four team in the country. Mm-hmm. So let's not dwell on that too much. We'll be talking about that upon further review. We'll be talking about what's next for those units next week. Let's get into defense. Let's get into defense. Uh-huh. And, I mean, t- over 2,200 people in here. Again, hit that like button. Throw me a go Irish in the chat, man. Can we get a little pumped up in here? Come on. We did <laughs> a little bit. All right. So, defensive-wise. Jesse, I'm going to start with you, man. I'm going to start with you. How can we not start with Tobias Merriweather? How can we not do it? The secondary in general. How can we not do it? Fantastic tonight. Two interceptions for for Benjamin. Or did I say Tobias? My yeah, Benjamin. you sure did. Another star freshman. He could probably play defense too. I mean, you know. <laughs> he'd, be a, he'd be a heck of a safety, we're being honest. Right. Benjamin Morrison. Two interceptions on the night. 
pick six on the second of the night. I mean, he looked fantastic, man. Run support, getting off of blocks, making tackles. They could not get on top of him working down the, the uh, vertical they tried. the field. They tried. They, they tried. couldn't make it happen. Could yeah. not make it happen. Forcing turnovers. Secondary is where we need to start tonight, Jesse, because they were balling tonight. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that Benjamin uh, Morrison, you know, he he obviously that's the star of the game, right? He he had the two interceptions. He has the one on Klubnik and Klubnik's first uh, possession after they switched that's from great. DJ to him. Uh, and he gets that inside the red zone, sets up points. And I think the more impor- the, the more impressive thing about the pick six drive for Morrison is during that drive, there were three, like at, at least three, maybe two consecutive penalties that were just very ticky tacky, right? Like they're get the, they're, they're, they're the one, yeah, I can't think of the guy's name, but he's, he's just playing the ball. He's straight out playing the ball. They get a defensive pass interference. The next yeah. play, another ticky-tack pass interference. And rather than dwell on that, these guys, it motivates them. Morrison jumps back on the route after these kind of crappy penalties. You could have let those 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 things kind of take over, um, but they didn't. They blocked it out, and he gets that pick and takes it all the way back. That's huge, in my opinion, Just and that shows the mental growth, I, I think, that we've seen this season, especially on this defense. And again, they, they did things uh, – Morrison, I have his name written down so many times. I don't understand why teams want to go after him. Like they go after him deep in coverage and he continuously shows that that's not going to work. And and then the screens on the outside, Morrison's blowing up. I just don't understand why these teams continuously think he's the guy to test when he's the guy that's making all the plays right now. And then, you know, you throw in Bracey on, on the, on the blitzes on third down, blowing up the quarterback. Just Bracey had another great game tonight. So I just thought Notre Dame did a really great job in the secondary. Obviously Morrison, and they did a good job of getting, you know, setting up Clemson in these third and longs, the, the tackles for losses, the blown up plays on blitzes. Like it was a combined defensive effort. And when you put teams, specifically Clemson, in these third and longs, it allows your secondary to do a lot of great things. And that's kind of what we saw tonight. Yep. I think it's really well said. And I mean, it was just because you mentioned so many different players, right, Jesse? Like that was the impact. Like we're going to talk about Benjamin Morrison a ton. And I wish Brian Driscoll could be on the show right now, but you know, there's some the internet you know, is back in our neighborhood, issues. so there's a chance once he gets home, <laughs> yeah. he might jump in. So let's hope. Let's I, hope. Let's I, hope. I, yeah, I, I do have to throw out some love to my buddy Ed, who is like, "Hey, man, just come over to my house and do the show." So I'm trying not to wake everybody up in his house, but uh, here I am. I couldn't not be on this show. Like, if they lost, I'd be like. No internet at my house. Dang it. Can't do the post-game show. But, like, <laughs> there is no way I wasn't going to be on this show. I mean, are you kidding me? So I'm hoping Brian can jump on. He was going to do some work at the stadium and then drive out. I got here pretty quick because, oh, yeah, half the stadium was on the field. So there, was, <laughs> well, there wasn't as much get out. traffic, which was pretty great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was the, the secondary for Notre Dame. The only thing that worries me, and I don't know, maybe they just took him out because it was towards the end of the game or whatever, but I thought I saw – Brandon Joseph limping a little bit. Maybe that was my imagination. Uh, hopefully he's not injured for a long period of time because you still need him returning punts. You still need his leadership back there at safety. You know, there were some nitpicky things for me at safety tonight, but the the corners played outstanding. I mean, they were making tackles. They weren't whiffing on tackles for the most part tonight. They, they were at the very least holding guys up while the entire defense rallied to the football in open space, which was fantastic. They tried to pick on Ben Morrison all night long. I don't think we're ever going to see that again. It's so everyone's he, game plan. I don't understand right. what everyone's seeing on film. That's like, let's <laughs> they go see after true Morrison. freshmen. They see true freshmen and they're like, hey, let's go after this guy. Yep. 
not going to work. I mean, <laughs> the only balls that were caught on him, I think, were when he was playing off, when he's playing three deep coverage and they threw it underneath to him or, you know, to his guy. Yeah. yeah okay. They play. You can play a couple comebacks and, and you know, nothing, okay. nothing serious. Like yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's why I wanted Brian to be on this one, Vince, because we have to throw Brian a bone here, right? Like he's been telling us about Morrison <laughs> oh, for I know. how many months, you know? know. But he what, tweeted what something about my guy, Benjamin Morrison, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to give him credit. <laughs> does, he, does he claim him? He gets <laughs> yes, he royalty, royalty every no, time they talk him. about 20 now. I think he right? actually lives in Brian's basement. It's been Morrison and then Jaden Osbury will be moving in. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. But I know someone mentioned it in the chat. I have to mention it, right? There were a lot of people critical of Mike Mickens before the year, and uh, he's silenced that, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> talk about bench. Talk about Benjamin Morrison with his big, you know, big showing tonight. Jesse mentioned Tariq Bracy, you know, blanket yeah. coverage. And then he gets the sack on on the uh, on the nickel fire. Fantastic. I mean, some ticky. Can we talk about this for a second? Pass interference calls tonight were terrible, man. Oh, Oh, 42 consecutive yards of penalties on that one drive before Benjamin Morris took it back 96 yards because they called either an offensive holding or a pass interference on one, two, three, four straight plays that got them from the minus 25 to the plus 33. Like. Mm -hmm. And, and that was when it was still 14 to zero. I, I leaned over to Brian. I was like, well, the ref's got to talk into it halftime about how this game Seriously. isn't close enough. You know, I mean, yeah. they literally pushed Clemson down the field into plus territory. And thank goodness for number 20. And, you know, obviously it was not a great throw by DJ Uyongalale, but at the same time, he played it well and still took it to the house. So, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due, but. 42 straight yards and penalties. Come on, man. Like that was bad. That was just bad. I and thought like, DJ, I thought DJ Brown. Because we, we talk about DJ and his cover skills and not really sure. having the range. That was a like Jesse said, that pass interference call was awful. Like literally, oh. the offense, he was the one in position to, to intercept the ball. Yes, yes. If anything, you, you to go after the ball. You're you're allowed to play the ball. Are you kidding me? Oh, they had, they had two on DJ Brown that were pretty bad, man. Like the first yeah. one on Cam Hart, I was like, all right, if you want to call a hold on that, like I'm all right, right? <laughs> right like it's right. fine. But like the one on DJ Brown was just heinous, man. Like that was yeah. so bad. Just so, so, so bad. Like there was some some things tonight that I was just kind of like shaking my head at. The, those penalties, the Clemson putting in Kate Klubnik in for that one series and then being like, nope, felt, come back. You're good. Felt <laughs> come back on the bench. I'm that, like, all right. Well, but didn't feel de- like somebody in the chat said it. That felt desperate. Like that move felt desperate yes. to me at that time. And that's a ballsy move to put him in that close to, you know, with his back to the end zone like that. I mean, that, and then you roll him out and you throw the, like, whew, I, I don't know, man. Like that is a questionable coaching call to me yes. on that one. I mean, that was, yeah. that was rough. That was rough. And then you pull him right away, put DJ back in. So you have just crushed this kid's confidence completely, you know? Yeah. So. Because, I mean, before that, I was just kind of watching it. I'm like, all right, DJ's not great, but, like, is he the reason that you're losing right now? Like, at that point, it wasn't in my (laughs) Mm -hmm. opinion, right? Like, I I was watching him just like, it's not really DJ's fault. I agree, Vince. It was kind of desperate. You threw him in to try to get a change up and all that's cool. But, like, if you're going to make that change, just stick with him, man. Like, you're already down right. by, you know, 
three scores right. at that point. Like, right. just stick with them at that point. It was just very, very odd yeah. decision from Dabo and the offensive, uh, the offensive staff there. But uh, back to the positives. If we got, yeah, uh, sorry, Ben's got one more thing. While we're talking about the refs, yes. I do want to say one more thing, and it's a positive. Okay, as bad as the refs were, this is how you don't allow the refs to control the game. This is yes. how you make it so that the refs have no, no say in the outcome. Right, because you just bully ball the crap out of the other team, and you're like, "There's nothing you can call here that is going to yeah. change the outcome of this game." Right? Mm-hmm. Which we always tell every coach on the planet tells the kid, "Don't let the rest make you know uh, decide this game. You decide the game." Notre Dame decided the game regardless of the refs, and that hasn't always been the case. And so that was very nice to see that it didn't matter how bad the refereeing was, Notre Dame wasn't going to lose this game. Yeah, Notre Dame only had five penalties and three came on that one drive. So you, you get rid of those and, you know, that's just clean four. football. And four. that's what you want to do when you're when you're playing the number four team in the country. You have to clean up every facet of the game, your penalties, your offense, your defense, right. the special teams. And that's what they did. They just dominated every facet of the ball, ball game tonight. Sean, for, no. the, second, for the second straight week, <laughs> I can say something positive about the linebacker group. Man. Yes, I can do yes. it. I can yes. do it, man. I can do it. Good. But it goes back to they've been listening to IB. They, they have, have been, man. They have been to begging. Have been. You've been begging for them to activate these guys and stop allowing yep. them just to think and react. No, either bring them straight downhill mm-hmm. and let them play or send them somewhere. And that's mm-hmm. what they did all night. Yep. All night. Run blitz. Blitz up the middle. Scheme, come off the edge, loop the outside guy inside. They did everything. Yes, they did. A nickel fire. Look, Al Golden, hey, salute. (laughs) Salute. Yeah. It was obvious that you were not about to allow DJ to be comfortable Mm -hmm. at all tonight. At all. You gave him different coverages. You went man to man. You went cover three. You went too deep. You even went single high a couple of times and challenged him. He couldn't make the throw on the fade there to Ngata, I think. Yep. And he tried to hit Bo Collins a couple of times against Benji. I call him Benji. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he couldn't. Hey, they got home on a safety blitz, Sean. Okay. Uh, imagine that. When you get home on a safety blitz, you know everything's working. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, very, that's very true. But, you know, like, it was amazing. It was amazing yeah. to watch the linebackers play well. The eye discipline. I think the when I knew JD, I was like, okay. When he got the uh, when they tried to bring Williams, was that Williams they tried to bring on the jet sweep? Yeah, he no. got that, that tackle for loss for like yes. five six yards. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it set up a third and long after that. Yeah, and I was like, okay, JD's locked in. Tonight. He shot that gap cool, yeah, quick, quick. Yep. very quick. Yep, I was like, where's that been? Like we've been asking yeah. to do that all year. That's all we want. Like even if you make a mistake, just be aggressive. Right. Yes. And and I think what you got across the board was Maris was solid, made mm-hmm. a couple plays, made a couple splash plays. Jack Kaiser was solid, didn't hear his name much, but like sometimes that's a good thing, right? That means that you're not right. giving up much. Prince mm-hmm. Kali had the uh the punt punt uh scoop and score on the punt on the pump lock, which was fantastic to see. But guys, neat and you already started talking about it, Sean. J.D. Bertrand played the best game of his career by no a doubt. landslide. Absolutely. Oh, no man. doubt. 
Someone just, I saw someone in the chat was like, ah, JD was solid. What? JD was solid. Give the men his credit. Look, but, man. Look, man. I, I am going to be as critical of JD Bertrand when he has a bad game. And I have been as critical absolutely. of JD Bertrand as I have been when he's had a bad football game. JD Bertrand was phenomenal tonight. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. It's it phenomenal. I didn't yes. see a missed tackle. I thought he was in the right spot all the time. Like Jesse said, quick trigger to, to break down that jet yep. sweep. I mean, he was all over the place, man. J.D. Bertrand, I, I, I feel a little bad for him because, you know, Benjamin Morrison steals the show with what he did, right? But on any <laughs> other given night, it'd be like J.D. Yes. Bertrand was the best player on the field, like mm-hmm. by far, right? Yeah. Like he was just such a guy tonight, man. Really was. It was 12 tackles, nine solo, one sack, two tackles for loss. Yeah. Yeah, come on. That's, a great hey, that's your middle linebacker doing work. It's good to see. And he's going to – I mean, now he has the naval cavity. He's, he's going to have about 14 tackles against me. He's probably right. <laughs> so, yep. He should end up being a good three weeks of linebacker football here that we should see. But that's what it goes back to what I said at the beginning, guys. Like, you just feel good for these guys because you mm-hmm. know how tough it's been. You know the ups and downs, the emotions, especially for the guys – that have been here and been successful and got used to either making a college football playoff or being in the running for a college football playoff and to get those two early losses yeah. and to win games and then to come back down against Stanford and have to recover and believe in themselves once again and get back to this level and put forth the dominant performance that they put forth tonight. You, you can't do anything but tip your cap. And yep. say, congratulations. Like, this is well-earned, well-deserved. And, yo, if I could stand up right now and give a standing ovation, I would. But I would be mm-hmm. out of the picture. I'm not going to do that. It's not aesthetically pleasing. But, <laughs> look, man. <laughs> it's just, it's aesthetically pleasing. But, but, yo, the linebacker play has probably been – Let's be honest. We try. We have tried to literally avoid talking linebacker play on post game shows. Yes, like literally. Like you know what? We're not even talking about that. We're not talking about it tonight. Yeah. It is our pleasure to talk about the linebackers. Jordan Botello with the punt block. Yep. Tone setter. It was a tone setter. I mean, that, that was an absolute tone setter for that game because that was on the second possession. You know, Notre Dame, they, they do okay on their first drive, but of course they punt it away. And then the defense comes out and they block a punt. I mean, yeah. and it's obviously seven to nothing right there. That's a t- that's just about as good as the pick six for, mm-hmm. you know, the first game, right? Uh, yeah. Or the first play of the game last week. I mean, that was a freaking tone setter and it was fantastic. And, you know, credit to Sean Styers for this one during the pregame show. He said Notre Dame has won 26 consecutive ACC regular season games going into this one. I didn't know 27 was coming, but I tell you what, number 27, nobody can – there's no there's no but after this game. There's no, well, they did win, but – because that's what they that's what was said after 2020 against Clemson, right? There, there was no Trevor Lawrence. There was no, you know, you know the three that's guys that were missing on defense. It was a good win, but, right? There's yeah. no but after this one. Notre Dame dominated Clemson. They didn't have to go to double overtime to beat a depleted Clemson team. They beat them from the first whistle of the game, and it was never in doubt. There's no but after yeah. this game. Notre Dame dominated the number four team in the country, period. 
Yeah. And we talked about this one yesterday, Vince, and I said something very similar. There's no asterisk next to this game, right? Like there's right. nothing. Yeah, exactly. They have all their guys. They're healthy, about as healthy mm-hmm. as you can be in the sport of football. Notre Dame took it to the number four team in the country, physically dominate them, right? So right. Uh, def- defensive line-wise, I guess if we're going there, we talked about linebackers a little bit. So defensive line-wise, Isaiah Foskey had a big sack in this football game. Felt like DJ early on in this football game for me, guys, when I was watching, I feel like he was a little – he was uncomfortable settling in the pocket, right? Like I feel like there was a little bit of trash that he was kind of trying to work through and his process was getting sped up, especially early on in this football game. Like immediately you saw a lot of, a lot of, a lot of some cheap, some cheap stuff right before halftime with Jason out of below. I don't know if you guys saw that cheap shot by uh, Walker parks. Well, Jason, Jason was very confident uh, in his play (laughs) at that point. And at the end of, because they sacked DJ obviously on the last play of the first half, right? And and Jason was very confident in that play, and he was letting Clemson know about it, right? Which I have no problem with whatsoever. And he tripped the trigger of of the Clemson kid, and he and he pushed Jason. Jason went flying back. I mean, it was it was pretty fantastic. And uh, and look, I give Notre Dame a lot of credit. They didn't jump in and, and start anything, but you know, they went and got Jason and they went to the tunnel and they just went and started hyping up the crowd as they were exiting, you know, through the tunnel, which was freaking great. I mean, that was, again, it was another tone setter going into halftime because Notre Dame dominated the first half, which was fantastic. You know, we're all wondering, can they continue to dominate in the second half? And they go into the locker room, just fired up and they got the crowd fired up. I haven't seen the crowd like this ever. And after every kickoff, right, that went down towards the student section. So when they were kicking to the north, the entire kick team would run into the end zone, run in front of the student section, and just get them all hyped up the entire – like, that doesn't happen in Notre Dame Stadium ever, ever. I don't think people understand that. It never happens, and it was so good to see. It was so good. It was that actual home field advantage. And for the – a hundredth straight week. I feel like the interior defensive line doesn't get enough credit for the job that they did. <laughs> right. Look, I'll say this. Will Shipley's a good football player, man. He had a couple nice runs and he's, he's good. He's a good player. But for the most part, they made things very difficult for that run game, right? Yes. Like they made things very difficult. Oh, I yeah. see Chris Smith doing a good job inside. We talked about Jason Abalola. Howard Cross, I feel like is just the guy that is yeah. never going to get enough credit. Although he's just a very solid football player. So for me, like, the defensive line, I felt like we talked about the offensive line setting the tone and really being that physically imposing unit. I really felt like the defensive line was like the, the physical counteractor, right? Like they were just like, nope, not today. And then they were just kind of pitching a tent right there in the backfield. Like yeah. this, this was that type of game for me. Yep. That was the that was like my favorite thing, Jesse, of this game is like, I felt like everything that Clemson got was difficult, you know, like some, there's some games where a team just is, you're like, wow, that was, you're making some easy things way too easy, right? You're making some hard things way too easy for me. They were just not letting Clemson get anything easy, everything, whether it is a five yard run, a five yard out, a comeback route, whatever, everything looked just kind of difficult for Clemson tonight, which I think is a testament to how this defense played. Yeah, I mean, the, 
Notre Dame's biggest priority had to be to stuff Shipley. Shipley was the 25th, you know, best running back in the nation, whether, you know, he, yes, he's, he's good, but he's not great. He's, he's average, but yeah, they stopped up the run and everything, even on these screen plays, everything just became such a battle. They, they, you know, they only ran for a team as 90 yards. Uh, you know, they, 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 DJ threw the ball 40 times, but only had like, you know, 200 passing yards. And most of that came towards the end. So like you said, they were battling for everything that they had to get, whether it was, you know, these, these run plays that were getting stopped up with these screens that they kept trying to go back to, everything was fighting for yards. And the entire time Notre Dame was just like, Nope, we're not going to let you do that. You're going to have to keep, you know, you're going to have to try to do other things. And I think that was the most confusing part for me on, on Clemson side is they just kept doing the same stuff, even though it wasn't working. They kept going to those perimeter screens, even though those were getting blown up. Like, why not try something over the middle, the slants, the seams, just something else. But like, they just continuously kept falling into it, like not doing what was what was going to work for them. They kept doing the same plays over and over, and Notre Dame just kept stopping them. Be like, is this the best you have? <laughs> and I was, I, it just was kind of shocking considering this is the number four team. It was the Dabo Sweeney led team. Um, and they just kept falling into Notre Dame's traps. Yeah. And again, I, I, I'm really confused why they didn't try more of the middle of the field against Notre Dame when Notre Dame was basically daring them to, to do it. And they still just didn't want to take any shots. So to me, that kind of shows Dabo's lack of trust in DJ's downfield kind of presence. They stuck to, you know, stuck to those short passes all night. They did, and I, I will say that they were just – they were absolutely 100% married to the RPO game. Yeah. And they weren't going to go away from it. And they, you know, they did not want to divorce that RPO game, man. And the RPOs kept telling DJ to go outside, uh, you know, and throw in all those bubble screens. I mean, over – and I've got that written down – 25 30 times on my blew it up every time every single time and that's because well and look when they they should have went away from it obviously way before they did but at the same time if you watch Notre Dame play what were they bad at tackling in space yeah right so they're like hey if we get the ball out to the perimeter to our guys that are good in space Notre Dame's going to crumble they're not going to be able to do it but they tackled in space and not only that but they rallied to the football and they did all these great things on the perimeter and Clemson should have gone away from it sooner than they did, but they just kept assuming that Notre Dame was going to miss these tackles and they didn't. So, I mean, shout out to the defense for not missing those tackles. Obviously they went against the game plan that, that Clemson had and the RPOs kept forcing them to go outside because they were playing the run game so well. And, you know, again, that's all levels of the defense playing well. And it just, it all clicked tonight. Yeah. And I mean, I quick shout out to Al Golden. Mm -hmm. Because I feel oh, yeah. like there was a – I don't think that he would got too exotic from a coverage perspective, right? Like I think that he just went like, my dudes are going to be dudes tonight. <laughs> and I'm they going were. to play off, man. I'm going to play it a ton. <laughs> I'm going to make them try to beat me down down the field because we know that they, what they have, right? They have Joseph Ngata, Bo Collins. They're bigger wide receivers that are win down the football field, vertical guys with their catch point stuff, right? That, that wasn't a recipe for success against them. And defensively, I mean, I think that – I mean, Sean, you said it perfectly, right? They were aggressive on the second level. Like, let's get downhill. Let's give them some different pressure looks. There was a lot of great stuff, I think, in this football game from a defensive game plan perspective of being creative in certain areas but not being overly creative on all three levels. Because sometimes when you try to get too creative, that kind of works against each other, right? Like, Because you're trying to do a little bit too much. I thought there was a great balance during this game of, hey, 
part of our guys are just going to eliminate some dudes that we know that we have the advantage over defensive line wise and linebacker wise. We're going to give them a little bit of different areas of, of kind of movement up front and on the second level. And I feel like they took advantage of that aggressiveness with the pressure they were able to create. Hey, Brian, what's up hey guys? Man? Welcome the to the show. Back, Vince. I know, right? Of course I get all settled in at my buddy's house down the street and uh, our internet's back, but that's okay. Welcome so to hey the guys, show, sir. What what did I miss? You guys talking about anything or? I mean, we we're going on trading recipes and things like that. Okay. But okay, has it worn off for y'all yet? Mm. No, no, nope. No. Like, I know y'all covered this, but I, I was talking to my dad. I, I can't believe how physically dominant this game, this game was, guys. Like, and this was—I'll say this. This was the most complete mm-hmm. performance I've seen from meaning like they dominated in every single phase of the game offense, special teams, defense. Clemson knew they were going to try to block the punt and they still couldn't stop them from blocking punts. Got one, almost got two actually. Didn't they get two? Yeah. Looked like they had a second yeah. and then yeah. almost blocked two others. Defense dominated, offense dominated, and they did the one thing I didn't think they could do line up and Clemson knew exactly what was coming. And there wasn't a dang thing they can do about it. Jesse picked the right show to jump on too, man. Like, where was he when we were talking about Marshall and Stanford? You know what I mean? Like, seriously, he, he gets to jump in when they beat number thirty, number four by twenty-one, um, <laughs> and it wasn't that but, close. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't. It was. That's okay. Most of the Clemson fans that were there in person missed the last touchdown anyway. So it, it they was... missed the last couple touchdowns. They were out. They bounced early. <laughs> yes, they did. They bounced. Early. Was the, um, I was I was interested, guys. You guys were there because I'm. I'm they, there was a lot of chatter on social media about the number of Clemson fans that were going to be in the stadium, and, and people were upset and thought it might affect the atmosphere or it might not be as loud as they needed to be. Uh, Vince, I think you pointed out it was one of the loudest games you've mm. been to in a while. But I've watched – I don't know. Go back when you guys get a chance to watch the TV uh, copy. Okay. Marcus Freeman was like, man, stone face in the tunnel. I remember when he came out for the Syracuse game, he took a deep breath. He just took a deep breath like, okay, here we go. Tonight, it was just like he was just standing there like, yo, let's go kick that. Let's go do this. And I think his team took on his persona this week. Yeah. And you saw it. Like, I I thought it was strange for a coach to say on a Monday, we're ready. My team is ready. Yeah. Like, right now. My team is ready. I think they were so confident. I was even watching footage of them walking the walk to the stadium, you know, from Mass. And it was just like, yo, like these kids look locked in. Like, you know, people are trying to slap their hands, and they're like, man, later for that. <laughs> about to take care of business. And it was yeah. like, man, and to see it, like, manifest itself, I I don't think any of us expected no. this. No. None of us no. expected this. And heck, we haven't seen a full performance like this from a Notre Dame team in a long time. No, just right. physically just dominating someone and just a, a Sean, good team that. 
Sean, I'm going to say something that um, some of these guys aren't going to be able to quite, quite maybe appreciate because they're younger. Vince, you will. <laughs> so I'm like, old now. We've okay. seen Notre Dame be a really physical football team in the past, right? Yeah. Um, this reminded me of a vintage late 80s, early 90s Notre Dame team. I'm serious. Yeah. Where nah, they, didn't, they didn't throw the ball a whole lot, but the pass game was there when you needed it. Sure. You know, your quarterback didn't make a lot of plays in the game with his arm, but he made some clutch plays with his arm. But just not just the physical physicality, guys, but, Sean, I think you just nailed it. It wasn't just they played physical. They played with – it's not – swagger. Oh, yeah. Like, they played – like, we're the baddest dudes in the building tonight. I don't care if you're number four. I don't care if you've won two titles in the last six, seven years. We don't care that you're this. We don't care that you're that. This is our house, you know, and and you're about to catch one. And like right. like Vince, Vince looked at me on like on the first series of the game, right? Notre Dame didn't, you know, didn't go down and score, but Vince, Vince looks at me and he goes, They are pushing them off the line. Like, guys, it was immediate. And and mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you something right now. I don't know if you guys covered this, and I'm sure you did, but that could have been way worse. Yes, like there was a lot of I me mean, again. It's kind of like last week, Sean, when we did the show. It was like, and there's a lot of stuff that has been there before that was mm-hmm. still there. You know, Drew missed Mitchell Evans on an inside post route of a on a double post play. Um, you know, there was stuff like that where. You kind of really felt like, boy, there's some stuff there, but they cleaned up a lot of it. It was cleaned up more than it was last week, but it's like, man, they could have hung a couple more on them oh, if yeah. this doesn't happen. I mean, they gifted the refs gifted them a score with, with this one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen in my life. If if the hit on Drew Pine's not targeting, then then what is at this point in time? You know, but please tell me y'all talked about my boy Benjamin Morrison. I mean, I, I'm on here tonight just being like. I tried to tell did, y'all. Did, did he play? I, didn't, I tried I didn't to tell him. y'all. I tried, did, were y'all <laughs> waiting on me to get here so you could, you were holding off on the Benjamin talk till I got here? I love <laughs> Not <y'all>. quite. No. <laughs> I love y'all. Man. We Man. gave you props for him being your guy, though. We gave you props. Did, did, you, yeah, build, was good. did you build the room for uh, Jay Nosberry when he moves in? Since Benjamin's yeah. already living with you. I mean, if if, ben, if I'm as right about Benjamin or Jaden as I was about, about Benjamin – but here's the thing about that, though, guys. The picks were great, but if you took the two picks out, this was still the best game of his career. Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah, the that's from a physicality and tackling standpoint. The way he tackled tonight. Yeah, I was like, okay. I, I, I will say this, Jesse. He still has to get in the weight room a little bit. Because there's a couple times where like, okay, yeah, he he needs a little bit of weight weight room work on that. <laughs> as long as those DBs just get along a hold of those ankles, yeah. that's that's really all you ask. Yeah. For. <laughs> but yeah. we also talked to you know they, they tried him in deep shots too, and on, on those shots that they were taking on first down, and those weren't there either. Nothing was there uh against Morrison all evening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The interesting thing too, guys, and I don't know if, if they saw showed this in the TV copy, but he wasn't even running. Vince, you and I saw it. Like he was, he was like hip to hip with the guys, and he was like uh, in front of them. And he was like trying to dare them to throw back shoulders because they know DJ's not real good at throwing like that kind of throw. But he was not running full speed. He was like kind of like you know how good corners are supposed to be, right? They you know, get you in front of a it. guy. Yeah, and they tried to go at him deep several times, and he did. Mm-hmm. He did a much better job this week than he did the last couple weeks of of hand fighting without grabbing. That shows me good coaching too, guys, because you're like you're you're this close to finishing that off, man. You know, like. Do this instead of this, and jumping and and I can, what was Dabo thinking? Putting Cade Klubnik in the game, backed up at his own seven. We talked about that, man. It felt desperate. Yeah, and then and then he yeah. then he took him out of the game after the right. right. Like, that right. Kid's confidence is done. It's yes. done. Yes. I mean, how can you have confidence after that? You throw one pass, it gets picked off. Granted, bad play, but then right. then you're out. <laughs> like, hey, you know woo. it's a bad play, but Benjamin baited him into that. Oh, hundred percent. He was he was in trail position, and as soon as the ball did, did they show this on the TV? As soon as the ball left his hands, Benjamin jumped right in front of it. Yeah, like it was phenomenal. There was good in your face pressure too. uh, That that threw off Klubnik on that throw. I can't remember who it was, but I think Justin Adamiola. It was Justin Adamiola was the guy in his face. Hey, throw, did you throw guys did, throwing late to the middle of the field doesn't usually work out too great? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you guys did you guys talk about the linebackers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, Ryan, was... how how was JD tonight? Oh, I, I I said this, Brian. I, I said I felt a little bad for JD because if mm-hmm. Benjamin Morrison didn't do what he did, he would have been on almost every other other game. He's the best player on the field. I mean, he was right. fantastic tonight, man. So, Absolutely fantastic. This is what I love about y'all and the crew and the, and the team we've put together. Is I'm like jumping on an hour late. And I'm like, did y'all talk about this? Yeah. Did y'all talk about this? Yeah. Did y'all talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> How could we not? Can I say one thing though? And I know you. Talk, I'm sure you talked about it, but but this is the, tonight. We saw. I got a question for you. Who was the fastest, most athletic team on the field tonight? Wasn't close. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't close, close. guys. It wasn't, it wasn't close. close. I mean, this is the t- this is who we thought this team was going to be. Right. Athletic, fast, playing confidently. I love Dow Golden's game plan too, by the way. That corner mm-hmm. fire he called where he sl- he had he had JD and, and Tariq both coming off the edge and he slanched JD in front of his face and Tariq come- nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. And man, it was well, that and the game was so much fun. There, there were a few times where you know you and I both thought that they were playing a little bit too soft and you know allowing yes. some stuff underneath, you know things yeah. like that. But they called the defense, you know, all the way to the end of the game. Like it wasn't a hey, let's go in protect mode, you know that kind of a thing. Like right. he was calling blitzes at the end, which was friggin' great, man. Like we we saw a game plan that went from start to finish. You know, some calls I didn't agree with, but I'm never going to agree with every call that's played. You know, that every game. Sure. And, and same with the offense. You know, we talked about that too. 
they're in clock killing mode and they're just running it right down Clemson's throat. Oh yeah, play action touchdown to Michael that, Mayer. That, did you guys did Vince? Did you tell him what run. I said about that? No, Sorry, I didn't. go ahead, Jesse. Jesse, we're gonna say that third and thirteen run by Estimate when when they're like they know they need to stop Notre Dame and he just bruises the thirteen it was awesome. yard run. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? It was like the epitome of the evening. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. No, th- Jesse, that's what you got to do on the show, especially when I join. <laughs> you got to interrupt, or you're not gonna get a word in, baby. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> But I mean, what you said in the press box when they went play action and they, they hit Michael Mayer on that uh, that third down, I think it was, and you're like, that was a big f u to Clemson. That, no, I said that was an f u play call. Is what? Yeah, that was, that was Marcus go. Freeman and Tom Marino saying f u Clemson. Notre Dame. I, 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 oh, I and not in a disrespectful way, but like as a nail in the yeah. coffin way. Get out of our Notre stadium. Dame. Yes. Exactly. You're not. You, we we run this conference. We don't even need to play before games in this league to let everybody know we're the best team in the conference. <laughs> Simple as fact. That that was a that was a fu call, and that was a call that basically said your dynasty is now officially over. Mm-hmm. The last team to rush for this many yards against Notre Dame against Clemson had a dude at quarterback. Sean, I'm not sure if you've heard of this kid. Oh, what's his name? He's from Florida. He played at Louisville. Oh, won a Heisman a couple years ago. Did he wear number eight? Uh, yeah, I think so. Played for Bobby <laughs> Petrino. Maybe. He plays with Cal yeah. Hamilton on Sundays. Play, plays for uh, what's that NFL team in Baltimore? The the Baltimore Browns. Oh, oh um, uh, Lamar Jackson. Raven. That was yeah. that was the last team to rush for this many yards against Notre, against Clemson. And you know, and they threw for what eighty six. 85 85 86 something right? like that yeah hey can i say something about drew pine i know you guys sure. talk about this but i want to say it the kid really got... jump into drew pine very much so this will really? be a good okay. segue yeah so obviously there's still stuff he's got to clean up you know i mean it was a it was a crazy wind he missed a couple reads but that kid showed incredible toughness tonight like they were hitting him hard, including two shots that I thought there was twice they hit him where I was like, that's yeah. gotta be a personal foul. If it, yeah. if like if the one wasn't targeting, he took two steps after Drew threw it and hit him in the face. Like, and he got up and and he yeah. I almost think they kind of like pissed him off. And I wonder <laughs> if that's maybe if if that kind of um you know uh if, if that was kind of like maybe part of the reason they threw that pass late. But, you know, the thing, too, is, guys, I think we also saw something tonight. In the past, what was it, 21 nothing at the end of the third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. In the past, that game would have ended 21-7, 28-14. But Absolutely. Marcus Freeman's team said, no, we're not done. We're playing 60 minutes of football tonight. And, mm-hmm. man, and, and he, Sean, I don't know if, how much, I mean, maybe they didn't show tonight, but he was incredibly intense on the sidelines tonight. Oh, like, yeah, not like yelling and screaming, just intense. Yeah. Just getting on. Her. There was one play. Vince is like, he's just stand. He won't get off the field. Like he's just standing. Like, <laughs> like there's no get back coach Pine, in Notre Dame. Did not leave the like. He did not stop harassing the ref until they they took that call to review on Pine. And it was great to see that. Yeah, he was standing in his ground. He took the penalties. Yeah. He was still getting mad at him after taking the yes. sideline warning. Exactly. Yeah. He, I, I feel like he kind of negated Dabo's influence. Because you guys remember in 2020, whenever Dabo felt like they missed a call, he didn't go yell at the refs, and then they'd make that call the next play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were kind of a little bit like, uh, you know, I don't want to even mess with this guy right now. 
Um, <laughs> that was a, a very interesting performance. It, it, but to your point, Sean, earlier, the team took that mer- that personality on. That's mm-hmm. how the team played tonight. They played with that kind of fu. Agreed. We're Notre Dame, and Sean, you talked about it. It was after it was after the 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 Syracuse. I think it was the Syracuse game. You talked about it. That we're, we saw the team take on Marcus Freeman's personality, and tonight was the culmination of that. And my thought is, if this team can learn how to throw the football, who stops this <laughs> offense? Right. Man. Yo, like, this is the worst type of offense to have to face. Yeah, as a defense, like yeah. because it takes you. And you guys break down film way more than I do. But, you know, you have your system. You have your things that you love to call and you want to put your guys in. But when a team can just physically just manhandle you, none of that matters. Like, you can blitz. You're going to run into me. Like, you run into this big body. And when you run into me, I'm winning. So, scheme away. And I thought – in the second half, they tried to bring their linebackers on fires down the middle. Yeah. Uh, they tried to help out the D-line, and Notre Dame would just hold them up, give the running backs. Jesse's pointed it out. They went duo. Yeah. They gave options to the running backs. Jason Garrett did a – I'm shocked I'm going to say this. <laughs> Jason, Jason Garrett did a really good job pointing out how Tommy – all night went against his tendencies. He would show something and Clemson would expect what they had seen on film and they were running a totally different way or he would bring motion Mm. off of it to give some type of misdirection. And Clemson was just messed up. They were messed up physically. Their eyes were messed up. And they just were worn out in every way defensively. Like, Brian, before you came, it was like the middle of the fourth quarter, like nine minutes left, and Dabo looks down at his assistants and says, we have to do something different. And I'm like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It won't matter, baby. There's nothing you can do. There's no – no, there's nothing to go to in your playbook. Nothing. Vince, did you talk to them about the – the the play calls the play callers the signalers no no i did not bring that they up. were sending the signalers into the tent after certain series to change jerseys like they they so, had the, so the defensive signalers were wearing three different color polo shirts right they were signaling in couldn't get a read on who was hot yeah. who was live they would right. send them into the medical tent and they you could yeah. see cuz there's a little slit where you can see into the medical tent. And so with your binocular, you can see him changing shirts. You know, I mean, yeah. they kind of thought of everything, yeah. which yeah. you can call that ticky tack or, you know, whatever. But like, no, they thought of everything. I, I mean, I, for a team with a reputation of stealing signs. Sure. I mean, you know, I had somebody after the game text me. He's like, it's amazing what you can do to that defense when they can't signal, when they can't steal your signs and know what you're going to do based <laughs> on formation. Yeah. And that's what I thought Tom Reese did a great job tonight of really mixing up like the the they did a great job sealing the edge tonight uh formationally and from a blocking standpoint like clemson and ryan you and i talked about this during they they're they're like to bring those edge fires and Mm -hmm. and they did a great job i mean joe walton blake fisher just whooped the clemson ends the pass pro wasn't great early they were giving up a lot of ground the backs had a couple audric estimate had a miss on on a stunt 
But run game wise, I mean, they did a great job on the edge. They did a great job formationally. And I loved, like, I still would like to see a little bit more outside run. But tonight yeah. we saw we saw inside zone being run. Chris Tyrese, I think, first carry was inside zone. And what did he do? Cuts it back for 10 yards. Right. Uh, then they bring Audrick in and he's running duo. And then they went to inside zone with him. You know, the bounces, the bat. What do we say for a season? This is, has a chance to be one of the five best running back rooms in the country. Name me a team that's got a better running back, uh, got a better running back like room top right to now bottom. These guys Absolutely. are playing right, right now. Right. Right. You well, have a different hundred and rush every week. Yeah. It's got to be so well, demoralizing I mean, for Clemson when you're getting dominated and then it's a new running back is coming in with fresh legs. Yeah. It's like, all right, here we go again. Like, yeah. You know, they're they're not getting a breather. They're still getting dominated, and you're rolling in your, you know, the, a back. You got two backs going over a hundred yards. It's like it's like hockey, just rotating in these fresh legs and letting yeah. them attack. It, it had to be demoralizing for Clemson. But Jesse, you played linebacker in high school. You're a pretty good linebacker in high school. I mean, how, how do you, and they're all three different. That's the thing. Is like they're all three different kids, but they all ran with authority. Like, yeah, I mean, what do was, you do when you're a linebacker? And that's how it's, it's not it's not fun, especially when when you're tired and you see a big body estimate coming downhill and, you know, he's not making any moves. He's running you straight over. And then you know, <laughs> Diggs Diggs is showing the elusiveness in the hole, but still showing that physicality this week. That was the biggest difference in Diggs's run game this week and why he was so successful is he ran more like estimate. Uh, he, he, you know, he's Jesse, better. real quick. There were four times and I looked over Vince and said, was that Diggs or estimate? <laughs> that's because I was, couldn't he, tell. Yeah, that, I think Vince said the same thing earlier on. It's like who who was who? It's like he took a, a playbook, yeah. or, you know, play out of his playbook this week and just was just running people over. And it's it's demoralizing as a linebacker, yeah. and especially you know they 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 only completed like nine passes or whatever it was. So you knew it was coming, and it was still just a shot to the chin <laughs> every time. Unbelievable. I think I think this is a, a great comment right here from Matthew Rugg. So the fact that we didn't turn into a dumpster fire after Stanford, the Stanford loss is Freeman's biggest accomplishment. I'll say this. Not only did they not turn into a dumpster fire, fellas, but they have not been the same team since they lost to Stanford. This has been a complete – if you only watched Notre Dame from from post-Stanford on, so if, like, you were out of the country and you didn't come (laughs) back till – the Monday after Stanford, and all you knew of this Notre Dame team from here until then, you'd say this team can play with just about anybody. You, yes. you know, I mean, it's a top ten it, team. It was like they're playing like a top honestly, ten. There's no who question. Has, who has more quality wins than Notre Dame this season? Like honestly, though, like the, the you know the, the the ranked opponents, and then it's like you have some of the best quality wins, but then you have some you turn around and have some of the. The, the worst quality losses, and that's what's so well, frustrating about the season. It well, is. It's not, a, it's not a quality loss. It's not a quality loss. Sorry. I, I Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> low quality loss. There's only one team, in my opinion, that had – Georgia has the two best wins of the year. Period. Oregon and, and Tennessee. And they yeah. blew both of them out. That's the crazy thing. They weren't even right. close. Well, you know, that's Sean, the- neither were none of Notre Dame's big wins. Yeah, so that, I would say Notre Dame is probably right behind right Georgia. And Notre Dame has like, big two of them now because Syracuse is going to fall out of the top twenty-five. Yeah, after yeah, because they lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. part of the reason they fell out of the top twenty-five is because they lost. Because Notre Dame, Dame beat the crap right? out of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. Notre Dame's three yeah. biggest wins this year were not competitive. Like, no, I mean honestly, they were not competitive. I mean, just like they should get the ACC championship trophy right now. I'm sorry. Yeah, like. 
because Clemson and North Carolina are going to play for the for the ACC championship. Yeah, and Notre Dame beat the crap out of both of them. I mean, they just did. So, uh, but yeah, I, 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 and I, and I think that's the thing that's impressive, Sean. Is you and I did a show the Tuesday after Stanford, and the thing we said was, if Marcus Freeman's going to fail, he needs to fail doing it his way. Yep. And we felt like he was trying to be that coach's coach and get along with there and let, let you own the room. And I yep. don't know what he said or did specifically, but this team is coached differently now. This team plays differently now. There's an edge. People are talking about Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer just need to quit the team and just get ready for the NFL draft for different reasons. Mayer because he had nothing else to prove. Foskey because it looked like he checked out against Stanford. And the last three games, has anybody has anybody blocked Isaiah Foskey yet in, in a key moment? Like, I mean, it's just – it's been – and the linebackers, like the switch just went on after the Stanford game. And you're like, oh, man. And did you guys notice how much press they were playing tonight? They pretty much just said, you can't complete passes down the field on Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart. Yep. <laughs> you, you can't. Like, think about that, guys. Like, we haven't seen that since 2018. And even 2018, they didn't have Julian Love playing press coverage in games like this. No, it was, yeah. man, it was impressive. That was impressive. That was a fun win. Just Anything the point else? I was we were talking about, I think it was like three minutes left in the game. Notre Dame had gotten the ball back. No, it might have been less time than that. And um, they called timeout, and Tommy had come down to the field. And um, <laughs> I think it was like a minute something left. And uh, Clemson calls timeout. And you could tell Marcus was just ticked off. He was just yes. ticked off. And you see uh, McNulty coming down. Not Jared McNulty. Parker. Jared Parker coming down. And he's like screaming, that's bull, that's bull. Yes. And, and Marcus just puts his hand up like, I got this. And he looks at yeah. Tom and he's like, Whatever yeah. he mouths like, yeah, keep going, yeah, keep going. And I was like, "Yo, that is what that's what I talked about." Like, I need this yeah. program to have a, a level of disrespect for their opponent. Yes, like a, a healthy, disrespect. Disrespect. A healthy, a healthy yeah. disrespect for their opponents. Like, dude, we respect you. That's what drives our preparation. But when we yeah. come on this field, we're coming on this field to kick your tail. Mm-hmm. Here, that's it. That's it. Physically. And we're yeah, not yeah. stopping until we take the last knee and the clock runs out. And it was almost yeah. like they felt like the game was over and Dabble calls that last time out and Marcus yeah. was heated. Like, yeah. the game is over. Like, what are you doing? Pour yeah. it on them. Yeah. Get another first down. Run I it mean, up. Leave no yeah. doubt. Leave no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, and they gets that last first down. It's like okay, yeah. This is an incredible night, man. This might be like top five, one of my yeah best Notre Dame. And and, and, you know, the the, Angela was down there taking shots, by the way, and and she said, I mean, she she shot a lot of games at Notre Dame. I mean, she not only she shot, but like she she was doing video up top in 2015. Vince and I were talking about. That so I mean she's been outside in environments at this stadium for years. My, that's my wife Angela, and she was like, "This is by far the loudest I've ever seen." And my parents were there. Y'all are gonna love this. My I talked to my mom and dad. They were there. She said, "My dad, 
was like nobody ever sat down. They stood up the whole game. That's dope. Like Vince, you had a buddy text you that same thing. Like they said, yeah. they stood up the whole game. Yeah. And and I was like, you know what? It's like did, there was no email that went out. I was like, that's what happens when you play good teams at home. If you want the crowd yeah. to be into it, stop playing UNLV and Marshall and you know Bowling Green every every home game. You know what I mean? Like play somebody good. Uh, you know, I, I, cool to play Marshall, cool to play UNLV. Just don't play both in the same year, you know. But the crowd so, was was there tonight, man. Were you saying you won't be standing up at Tennessee State next year? No, the Tennessee State fans might be, you know, but but I don't think anybody else will. I hope. So. I mean, it'd be cool if the if the crowd kind of because, like, Sean, don't you think somebody made a great point at the tailgate tonight? They're like, look. And they didn't say it quite like this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it kind of what I'm how I think it applies. It's sort of like the crowd is takes on the identity of the team. And the point that he made was these were not fun teams to watch in the past. Like, yeah, they were good, but they weren't necessarily really fun teams to watch. You know, they didn't have that, they didn't play with the swagger in recent years. I mean, they win, but they there was just this business-like approach. You know, yeah. you go back and watch some of the games in the late 80s or 90s, and that crowd was crazy. Yeah. Part of the good games, but like that, the, the crowd back then took on the identity of the team. You know, when your team, Son, your when your team plays with swagger, don't you kind of walk and talk when you're with other fans with that same swagger, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, I mean, and and that team set the tone, the tempo immediately. Like DJ's first pass, Vince looks at me, goes, he wanted no part of that. Like they didn't even <laughs> get to him. But he just saw the blitz. He saw yep. Maris and JD coming at him, and he saw his back foot just getting rid of it quick. Yep. And Ryan, yeah, it, you and I talked about that. Hide it. the game. Yeah. Look, get after him. Get him. And what did we say? We didn't say hit him, sack him. We said get in his head. Rattle him. Get in his yeah. head. Mm-hmm. And it, it happened from series uno, numero uno. It happened. He was shook yep. early. Clemson's entire team was shook early. They were not ready for that physicality. I do not think they 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 were. I do not think they were ready for that. I think that's what I was going to ask you guys. It seemed like goes Jesse made this point early. They just constantly went to the outside. And Vince, you pointed out, you know, if they watched Notre Dame this season, they saw teams were able to take advantage of Notre Dame to the outside. But this was probably Notre Dame's best tackling game. Yes. All year, like they were solid tackling mm-hmm. all night, and then when they couldn't go to the outside and make hay, there was nothing else. Because like, if you want to play into Notre Dame's defensive line and try to run right at them, good luck with that. Now you're putting DJ in second and eight, third and six. Now you're playing into Al Golden's hands, so now he can bring these different fires, these different blitzes, and they were playing great coverage. Tariq had his man. Benji had his man. Pam Hart was balling up. Mm-hmm. Look, it, it was literally like, even though they had an extra week to prepare, yeah. they, they, dude, they had no clue just how physical. It's one thing to look at the stats and look at the film and say, like, oh, man, they're a physical team, right? Because we heard Dino Baber say it. Like, yo, they line up. If these three backs and there's nothing you can do. And <laughs> that's what he said. Then Dabo comes out on Tuesday and he's like, man, you know, they got a tight end. That's an NFL tight end. And this offensive line is tough. And these running backs are tough. It's, it's going to be a tough assignment. Yeah, it's one thing to say it and watch it. 
it's a whole nother thing to feel it. Because, like, the level of – I don't think – how would you rate this offensive line as far as not talent, but the way they're playing right now? Like, in comparison to other offensive lines at Notre Dame. They just seem to be playing at such a high level right now of execution and just physicality. That is like – it's fun to watch, man. It's if you really just take the watch. last five games, Sean, and forget what happened before <laughs> right. North Carolina, right? right? Because they were they were a different team first three games. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this: if this team, if, if they played like, if the offensive line played like this all year, um, and he's to Notre Dame, Ryan. Oh, gotcha. Um, so if they play like this all year, this team's at nine and zero right now. Mm. You know, like. Fact, they're nine and zero right now. But I'll say this, Sean: the only line I've seen better than this line in in the last fifteen years is the twenty seventeen line. I mean, like for a stretch, like the stretch from Temp. I mean, even from BC to Wake yeah. Forest, that yeah. line was filthy, right? Because that's the only other line I've seen since Lou Holtz was coach that could say, "You know what's coming. We know what's coming." The people yeah. in the stands know it's coming. The people videoing the game know it's coming. The people at home just told me, y'all know it's coming, and there's not a dang thing you can do about it. But that's and been that team had, this O line to this game and, and, and last that team week. had the best guard I've ever seen in college football. That's true. Yeah. Right? right. That's fair. You know, like that team had two top 10 NFL draft picks on it. A second, you know what I mean? Like that team had a guy in Sam Mustafer who went undrafted, but doesn't he start for the Chicago Bears right now? Or is Right, yeah, uh, Alex Bars up until, up until like two weeks ago, I guess. Okay, Alex <laughs> Bars would Alex Bars would be there if he didn't destroy his knee the next injured. year, right? Yeah, right. You know, and and your and your and and by the way, I think Tommy Kramer and Robert Hainsey are both start. No, actually, yeah, Tommy Kramer and and, uh, and um, Robert Hainsey are both starters in the NFL right now, right? I know, I know, yeah. Hainsey is. is is Kramer start for the Lions still? He did last year, you know, and. uh you just look Nobody at it and say the Lions. That, I don't know, but that's that's what made that team different, though, guys. Is is they knew that you know you you were going to do this and and we were yeah. going to do this and there's nothing you can do about. It. But here's the difference: that year, Notre Dame's offensive line played a great defensive line against uh, against Georgia, and they pretty pr- played a pretty darn good defensive line in Miami, and they weren't able to dominate that way. The the NC State game they did, but yeah. this is the game where you looked at it and said. This is a really talented offensive line or defensive line. Like Ryan's talked about this, Ryan. If the if the medicals check out, Bercy and Miles Murphy are both first round picks, right? KJ Henry's what late day two, early day three, right? Day three, yeah. You know, yep. Rook's a guy that could could. Ryan talked about if Rook comes out, he might get drafted. Justin Maskell mm-hmm. could probably make an NFL team, and they pushed him around like they were Syracuse's underline undersized guys. I thought they were better this week than they were last week. Mm-hmm. So we we had another question answered tonight. The issues before this game were not about home versus away. No. It's about this team no. playing to the quality of the competition that they play. Yeah. And that's encouraging because that was what Brian Kelly could never figure out at Notre Dame. Uh, he clearly did it tonight at LSU, but he couldn't figure it out yeah. at Notre Dame. Is how to match the intensity of the great teams. It's a lot easier to figure out how to beat Marshall and Stanford moving forward than it is to do what they've done recently. That's a great Absolutely. Sign. 
a great mm-hmm. sign. Absolutely. Very, hey Brian, guys, I would let's say, get into I, some, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I, I was Sorry. just going to say one point that we made early in the show is, and I look forward to watching the film on this, but I felt like this was a game where Blake Fisher became a man in this football yeah. game. I just kept seeing him at, like every, I feel like every big run, it was like him just collapsing someone. I can't just down I can't block wait to watch the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to rewatch. We might have all five of us on the upon further review to tomorrow Man, night, folks. I'm just I, letting y'all know right now. Jesse's this, just gonna met, randomly show up, like, "Hey, I want to do the upon further review tonight." By the, <laughs> by the way, Jesse, man, it's been great having you on this show tonight, man. We really appreciate it. I can't tell you how many people I've had email me and text me, and and I mean, I get it about Ryan. I've been getting it about Sean all the time about Vince, but I can't tell you how many times the last couple months I've had people say, "Hey." You know, Jesse does a great job. He does an awesome job. So you've been a great addition to the team, man. And we appreciate it very, very much. Um, and and that's why I told your dad tonight. I said, you know, look, I don't plan on being on the show tonight because our Internet's out. I said, I'm not even worried about it because I feel like Jesse's going to do a great job. So I appreciate it very, very much. <laughs> I appreciate when we found out internet was me. Yeah, well, when I and found out the internet was working, I was like, "It's easy to show up on a, a game like this, too." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm a little ticked about that. I'm like, "This son of a bitch, you know what? didn't didn't uh, didn't have to be there for Marshall and Stanford." <laughs>